0: Hi there, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. Welcome also to a new month. It is the first Monday of November, which means I'm bringing you the learning segment for this month. Now, we learn all month long, but today specifically, I'm going to be sharing an article from the Journal of Music Therapy, published in August of this year, 2021. And the article is titled, Individualized Education Program Team Members, Perceptions of Music Therapy. An Interpretivist Investigation by authors Rebecca West, Amy Furman, and Michael Silverman. My name is Alyssa, and let's dig in. my attention because as we've discussed on this show before, we here at Giving Song are music therapists who work um, a lot in schools and are therefore on the IEP team at those schools. But outside of us, music therapists are commonly found in school settings, so this is relevant to many of us in the field of music therapy and for those of you who are maybe not music therapists but work in special education. This particular subject has not been discussed much in the literature um, at all, and this is a really fresh look at how music therapists are perceived by other members of the IEP team, which is a really important perspective to keep in mind when we're talking about education and advocacy and access to services. So let's get into this. First, a little bit of background on music therapy and special education. So music therapy is included as a related service under the IDEA Act, IDEA standing for Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, found in Section B of this law. What this means is that music therapy can be included on students' individualized education programs, their IEPs, for qualifying students. So this article identifies within the literature review that music therapists often work with students um, in special education who are on the autism spectrum, citing that over 36% of music therapists responding to a survey indicated that they worked with autistic students in a public school setting. But this is not the only population served through music therapy. They also talked about how Music therapists work collaboratively with the other members of the IEP team, including occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech and language pathologists, among other professionals. So in the literature review, the authors noted that while there is currently no research regarding IEP team members' perceptions of music therapists on the IEP team, There is some research on the perceptions of students and staff regarding music therapy in special education settings. These studies reported that music therapy uncovered students' preferences and skills, elicited and motivated responses, and calmed and relaxed students. The researchers also discussed how paraeducators gained time to experience music, opportunities to connect with the student, moments of encouragement, enjoyment, and relaxation, and reminders to use music in their own lives." In other studies for mainstream classrooms for students with unspecified intellectual disabilities, teachers, teacher aides, special needs coordinators, and peers reported positive responses with overarching themes of new learning, well-being through music, relating to others, musical skills, and generalizing skills, Um, when they were asked about their perceptions of music therapy in the classroom. So in case you're unfamiliar with music therapy in special education, I want to illustrate just a little bit of what it can look like. Music therapists work with a wide variety of student needs within special education. The IEP is intended to increase access to students' education, which can look like many different things. Now, the IEP is intended to ensure um, and protect students with special needs, education. so this this plan that students qualify for is intended to help them gain as many resources and access to their education um, through various individualized supports as necessary. So within the IEP, um, the IEP team identifies and writes different goals and objectives that students are to to be supported to work towards um, each year. So when an IEP team gets together and approves a plan, each therapist is you know, assigned um, goals on the IEP that they are to work towards to help support the student meet those goals for that academic year. So some examples of those goals might be academic, such as reading or functional math. It could be a communication goal, such as learning to use assistive technology, like switches or iPad, um, adaptive communication apps, or speech and language goals. It could also be physical or motor goals, such as walking or improving a student's gait or improving their um, weight-bearing ambulation. Music therapy is also frequently used to address sensory and emotional needs to help regulate behaviors and support students with mental health needs. Um, Another aspect to IEP um, plans that is a little less widely maybe recognized or um, realized is that students with... um, Mental health and behavioral health needs can also qualify for IEPs, and music therapy can be a part of their plan at school to help them access their education through addressing their mental health, whether that be anxiety or depression or PTSD. Um, if students are struggling with mental health needs that are interfering with their education, a music therapist can be consulted and, and possibly brought on to their IEP plan to help them access services that they need to be successful. So because of the breadth of needs that music therapy addresses, we often work closely with specialists in other fields on the IEP team, like occupational therapists and physical therapists. Music therapy collaborations are shown to be incredibly effective for therapeutic outcomes. And as um, we tend to be very holistic practitioners, working as a team The whole IEP team working together to serve students is so important and can be such a valuable um, wealth of resources for these students that are benefiting from these IEP plans. So now that you have a little clearer idea of what music therapy and collaboration can look like, let's talk about how the authors gathered information. Um, Let's move on to their methods summary. So the participants in this article were eight IEP team members in a public school setting, none of whom were music therapists. The authors conducted semi-structured interviews with each of the participants, which they felt allowed them the flexibility to ask follow-up or clarifying questions during the interview. I won't read all of the questions that they asked in those interviews, but I will read a few that I thought were especially interesting in regards to this particular research study. Question number eight was, what is your working relationship with the music therapist? Do you consult, collaborate, co-treat, or interact in a combination of roles? Another question asked was, number 10, please describe your experience working with the music therapist. And 11 was, what role has a music therapist played on the IEP team or in collaboration to help you meet IEP goals and objectives? How might the music therapist contribute to the IEP team? If so, explain. Do any challenges working with the music therapist exist? If so, what are they? And how might the music therapist contribute to the student's growth? If so, please explain. So just to give you kind of a sense of the questions that were guiding the interviews, they're all very open-ended, and I thought that they were really getting to some interesting um, Well, they were interesting questions and with some really insightful answers. So, in the analysis of the responses, the authors used a realist epistemological approach and focused on the explicit content of the participants' responses. They analyzed the data based on Braun and Clark's six phases of thematic analysis. Those are, one, familiarization with the data, Two, generation of initial codes. Three, searching for themes. Four, reviewing themes. Five defining and naming themes, and six producing the report. And to honor each participant's voice and experience, they used an in vivo coding for the first level of initial codes and wrote the codes in the margin of the transcribed interview. So, using that um, those methods and that approach, they categorized the data that they gathered from the interviews into three major themes and nine sub-themes. So, theme number one that emerged was Music therapy is beneficial and unique. The participants articulated positive observations in student success from educational to sensory needs being met in a quote unquote hands on way. They described it as being a bridge and being highly engaging for students. The sub themes that emerged from this major theme included music therapy gains generalizing to other areas with code words, generalizing skills different places, elsewhere, participate, successful. And sub-theme two was music therapy is delivered by professionals who possess unique perspectives, skill sets, and experiences with coding terms, whole child, suggestions, thinking, next step, big picture, service, team members, and help. The second overarching theme of the results was summarized as communication with the music therapist is essential. The participants articulated the importance of communication with the music therapist and its impact on staff understanding and advocating for music therapy. The first sub-theme is communication with staff increases understanding of music therapy. The coding terms associated with this were understand, same path, what, why, buying in, consistency, open, and skills. One of the participants who was a speech and language pathologist described that at first, they didn't understand what music therapists did, thinking it was maybe a specialized education, a music education degree or an art therapy degree. But with the communication of the music therapist, it became clear to them how they addressed common goals and could work together collaboratively. The second sub-theme for this category was communication type, frequency, and focus are dependent upon situation. The code terms were email, in-person, share, once a week, once a month, bi-yearly, caseload, and feedback. So for this sub-theme, the participants described a really ideal model of regular communication and reciprocal feedback of both types of professionals discussing clients that they shared, and even those in the classroom that they didn't share. Now, moving on to big theme three for the results. Participants described the need for additional music therapy services, continued education for administrators and staff, and the importance of explaining what music therapists do and why it can be effective. The first sub-theme... Um, for this kind of advocacy theme that emerged was summarized as additional exposure and access to music therapy. The code terms for this were IEP, parents, teachers, want more, earlier, team, support, benefit, and missed opportunity. The participants here talked about a need for more education for parents and teachers about how music therapy is included on the IEP. Some participants even Felt that music therapy should be included for more widespread programming for students um, that had an IEP and even those that didn't within their school settings. Now, a related um, second sub theme that emerged is summarized as ongoing education to dispel misperceptions. The code terms for this were no, need, mindset, autism, music education teachers, different, what, how, and why. So one participant described the importance of working together to help administrators and staff understand the needs associated with music therapy and how it helps address students' goals using educational resources and examples of how it's helped students. Now those educational resources that I mentioned would be coming from the music therapist to administrators and staff. I too have found this to be true when working with a variety of other disciplines, both in school settings and outside of school settings, that while advocacy and education can really feel exhausting at times, it's so important to not assume that someone already knows what music therapy is or is not. Um, An example is in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, one benefit that we found of providing services via telehealth was that we could actually show teachers, caregivers, families, and support staff what we did. I mean, it, by kind of using them as our hands and as our as our prompts and our supports when we couldn't physically be there, um, it was a whole new opportunity that we didn't even anticipate to be able to illustrate to them and when appropriate, even explain to them why we're doing what we're doing and how to do what we're doing, teaching them how to help support the student with generalization of cueing and skills. I mean, this was difficult to be sure um, and definitely frustrating at times, but my encouragement to you is this. If you keep your eyes wide open, there may be unique opportunities to educate those that you work with on what you do besides just in, in service once a year or maybe when you're just first hired. Although maybe it's time for you to do another in-service, I think assuming that staff don't need to see or be reminded of what you do can also be unproductive. Um, And it sounds like from the participant responses within this particular study that they, as an IEP team, help advocate for each other um, to include music therapy. And it is so important to know who your advocates are around you because sometimes you might need help, especially if maybe there's a changing hands of administrators or um, some schools experience high employee turnover rates. And so if if you're always having to re-educate maybe teachers or paraprofessionals within the classroom, knowing who your advocates are on the IEP team which might be a little more consistent, can be so helpful when you're establishing those relationships and building that rapport. Um, Collaboration is just everything. And that goes both ways. It's also so important for us to be learning and educating ourselves on our peers' work, such as physical therapy or occupational therapy or um, speech and language pathology, and to support them and advocate for what they're doing too. Ultimately, we're all working together for our students, and that is always the most important thing to keep in front of you. Why we're working together, why we're there, it's not about us, it's not about even the politics of a professional work environment. It is for the students and supporting them and helping them thrive in their education and in their lives. So when it feels exhausting and discouraging, um, I would encourage you to take a moment to reflect on why you're doing what you're doing and kind of reset um, and reorient your focus about why you're there and why you're fighting so hard to help advocate for your students, not even just music therapy, but for your students. The third sub-theme to Emerge was recognition of music therapy as a distinct profession. The code terms were helps, special interest, fun, therapeutic, therapist, and skills. The participants recognized the uniqueness of the music therapist's role on the IEP team and described it as, quote, a very powerful mode of accessing different information for the students, end quote. They could also clearly articulate the distinction between music therapy and the general use of music in the classroom. One respondent even stated that, quote, therapist plays a huge role, and I don't think music Is any good without the therapist? End quote. I think this is a really important and and powerful statement and attests to this team grasping really what it is that music therapists do and how we differ from a radio in the classroom or therapeutic use of music in other senses. This is a huge step forward for advocacy on this team and also for our profession. So kudos to the music therapists at this particular institute who did this study because I think that that statement right there speaks volumes to the work that they've done for education and advocacy. And I would love to know more about how they accomplished that because building that kind of awareness on the IEP team can be a really long and arduous journey, I think, sometimes. So in reflection upon the results of the interviews, the authors note several takeaway points that I kind of want to leave you thinking about um, as you go about your day. One, quote, consistent and intentional communication has the potential to improve the rapport between the music therapist and IEP team members. End quote. And they kind of go on to um, even elaborate on that and say that it is an important point for advocacy to have that intentional communication and to build that rapport with other IEP team members. It goes beyond simply um, professionalism or even building personal relationships. It really helps support um, access, ultimately, you know, downstream access for students to get music therapy put on their IEP and supported by the IEP team. The second point was, quote, another result we identified was understanding the unique role of music therapy and differentiating music therapy from how IEP team members use music during the school day, end quote. And then finally, um, a really great quote that is an excellent place to kind of wrap things up. Based on the results of this study, an implication for music therapy clinicians is to consistently educate administrators and staff. This may include regularly inviting administrators or staff to observe music therapy sessions, conducting music therapy in services, sending music therapy research articles, and communicating the positive effects for the students receiving services. So, earlier when I said that I would want to learn more about how they did this, these are just a few ways that you can take with you and also implement in your own school setting or professional setting. It doesn't even, this isn't even school specific necessarily. I think this also connects a lot with the consistent and intentional communication because other people probably won't be as open to you sending them research articles or um, you know, talking about data that you're collecting in your sessions, if they're, if they don't know where you are coming from and who you are and know about the work that you're doing. And so that's why kind of as a foundational level, I think rapport building is so, so, so important because once they understand who you are, how you work, what you're there to do, um, and you build that personal connection with them then that opens the door to be able to do a music therapy and service or to send those research articles and say, hey, we were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I found this research article. I thought you might enjoy it. You know, making those kinds of connections and just kind of always being there to provide them with resources, just like you're providing your students and their families with resources. It goes so much beyond just the direct therapy time that you get with your students, which is obviously why you're there, but in order to support that moment, that 30 minutes or that 60 minutes that you have with that student every week, there's a lot of support that goes into the IEP team and just as a music therapist, even you being there in the building. So those are those are just some things to keep in mind and um I I found this article to be really interesting and has a reminder of the importance of communication collaboration and the impact this is the big one the impact that a whole team approach to the IEP process can have Now I recognize that um this is perhaps kind of an idyllic scenario that was described within this article. And not every music therapist IEP team um, maybe works quite so well together or maybe even understands what, what music therapy is or what we do um, or maybe doesn't help advocate for us or for access to services. And this can be really frustrating and discouraging. So if you find yourself in this position, I want to encourage you to get resources and supervision to support the work that you're doing from other music therapists who do understand. As we've mentioned on the show before, our newest team member, Haley, co-owns Music Therapy Made Simple, and they offer supervision services. She, in particular, has a wealth of school-based music therapy experience, so I would encourage you, if you are feeling kind of like an island out there, and you're really struggling to to advocate and provide education, and you're just kind of spinning your wheels, or even if you're not, and even if things are going well, but you're just looking for more support, um, reach out to them, or even check out other supervision resources online or in support groups on Facebook. Also, I would encourage you to make sure that your inspiration bucket stays full. So follow other music therapy podcasts and blogs. And as always, you can reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com. You can find the citation for this article and show notes in the description and at musictherapyandbeyond.com. And in order to stay up to date on all of the content that we're giving out to you and trying to support you with, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for all of the work that you do and all of the places that you do it. We'll see you next time.